Stop putting other people's opinions on a pedestal. A powerful reminder from Reese Evans, the founder of Yes Supply. Join Reese and I for a conversation that will inspire you to show up for your purpose, even when you're scared to do so. Tune in and learn how not expressing yourself can be detrimental to your physical well-being. The difference between showing up for yourself and showing up for your purpose, why you need to lead yourself first, the importance of detaching yourself from the outcome, and how to battle the online bullies. Reese and I also address the difficulties that come with being a visible woman of color, which is an especially important topic for the times that we are living. Now, Reese Evans is a mindset and abundance coach and the creator of the Yes Supply Method. She's on a mission to teach the world the power of the subconscious mind, energetics, and universal laws to create the life you're truly meant to live. Reese spent most of her time riddled with limiting beliefs, negative self-talk, and saying no to herself for far too long. Everything changed when she realized that the magic wasn't saying yes and truly going after her dreams. She began to embody this in every area of her identity, beliefs, and energy, and everything she dreamt of began to manifest. By working with the power of the subconscious mind, with coaching techniques like NLP, hypnotherapy, emotional freedom techniques, tapping, and energy work, she's found the formula to make incredible change permanent and is now on a mission to spread the power of that message to as many people as she can. She trains hundreds of people in her Yes Supply Method coaching certification to create massive positive impact as mindset, manifestation, relationship, and business coaches by equipping them with the tools they need to help more people release what's holding them back and create quantum leaps in their lives. Now, whether you're new to the podcast or a loyal thought leader, please take a moment and hit pause, download a few episodes, and drop a rating and review on iTunes. Your downloads, your ratings, Meetings, your reviews, all of that helps get this podcast to more people around the world. If you have a topic suggestion or even a guest suggestion, text me at 1781-336-0160. And you can also connect with me via social media at I am Ruby. Now it is time to learn about visibility, self-belief, and confident sales with Reese Evans. Welcome to today's Thought Leader, where I'm challenging you to rise up, speak up, and create a movement. I'm your host, Ruby Fremont, and I'm here as a catalyst for you, the new generation of thought leaders. I'm a kick-ass life coach, a bullshit detector, and courageous communicator. I'll show you how to gain visibility, build a cult following, and create impact while increasing your income. Join me every week as I dive into raw and real conversations that will help you amplify your presence, influence, and impact. It's time to unapologetically do what you're here to do and do it your way. So get ready, thought leaders, and let's make shit happen. Hey, thought leaders, I am back with a very special guest. Now this special guest and I have been in each other's worlds, social media worlds for a few years now. And it's the first time we're actually connecting. And I got to say that um, there are a lot of parallels in our messaging and she is definitely a woman who is driven by her purpose, someone that I've witnessed grow and evolve over the years and has really created, dare I say it, an empire with her Yes Supply movement. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Reese Evans. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here and I'm excited to see where our conversation takes us today, especially because this is really the first deep dive conversation we're, we're heading into. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And it's the beginning of a new year. So such a great way to set us up for, you know, how we're thinking for the rest of the year. Yeah. And you are a new mom. So there's a lot of of new there. (laughs) Yeah. Lots of changes this last few years or this last year, like can't leave my house, became a mom. Uh, my husband had a health scare. It's my husband had a health scare when I was eight months pregnant. Oh, wow. And I was driving him to the hospital to ultrasounds. And I'm like, shouldn't you be driving me to the hospital wow. for ultrasound? So yeah, it's been a crazy year. Um, you know, looking forward to 2021 and 
like, you know, a lot of the things are going to continue on, right? Like with Mm -hmm. coronavirus and the pandemic and everything like that. So, but I think we learned a lot of lessons, so it's going to be a powerful year. Yeah. I feel that too. Last year was filled with, um, a lot of surprises, a lot of left turns, a lot of twists and plot twists and, and things that we didn't expect, which put us face to face with opportunities to learn. And I think those of us who really took those opportunities to learn and will do the work to apply those this year are going to be the ones that really set ourselves up with a strong foundation to build what it is that we are building, which Mm -hmm. I think is super important. And you've built some, you know, you've built an incredible foundation for yourself uh, with all that you're doing with your certifications, with your programs, um, and even with your community and your audience. And so much of that I've, I've seen has been, um, almost like a byproduct of how you've chosen to continuously show up. Like you are someone who has consistently shown up in my eyes, from what I've seen, you've consistently shown up in different ways. And I'd love for you to share a bit about that, because I think what people think, assume when they see people like us is that, oh, they were just born this way. Like they, <laughs> they show up they're they're comfortable in the camera in front of the camera. They know exactly what to write when they're copy. Like they just know this shit. And I know for me, that wasn't the case. And I'm assuming for you, it wasn't either. So I'd love to hear like your journey to being the Reese Evans that you are today. Yeah, absolutely. That was definitely not the case for me. I used to be afraid of talking to more than two people at once. Like even if it was just like at a party meeting two people, it's like, oh my God, this is overwhelming. I'm an empath. So I really absorb, you know, the energy from everything around me. So it took a lot to get to the point where I could stand up in front of a hundred people and feel comfortable speaking. Um, so a bit about my background, I grew up in a single parent household, just always feeling really different from everyone. I was one of the few like people of color in my school. I never really understood why like my friends and family members had like the quote unquote, perfect family. And I Mm. didn't. And so I think for a long time, there was this narrative in the back of my head, like there must be something wrong with me, or I must be a bad person. Like why, why are these things happening to me? And then when I was about 10 years old, my mom got into abusive relationship. And so for the next six years of our life, my home life was like a living hell. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the end of it, she ended up getting breast cancer and luckily she survived. Whenever I tell the story, people are like, is she okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. she survived. She's like 16 years um, cancer free now. Wow. But that actually got me start to think about, you know, that mind body connection. And after living in that type of situation for six years, being told that you're worthless and, you know, not good enough and everything like that, if you're not expressing yourself, oftentimes that manifests in phys- in the physical realm as well. And so for her, that was her had enough moment. She finally left. Um, but for years after that, I was still scarred from, you know, all of the emotional abuse. So I felt like I wasn't good enough. I felt afraid to just like speak up in general, share what was on my mind. Like I remember being in work meetings, just afraid to share an idea because this voice in my head had me thinking that if I shared what was on my mind, you know, someone in the room is going to stand up and be like, that's a stupid idea. Like, why would you ever say that or something like that? Um, And so I had to fight a lot of internal battles and internal bullies to get to the point where I now feel confident to say what's on my mind and share my opinion. And um, one of of the big things that birthed Yes Supply was I used to work at a retail job and I was surrounded by so many people like friends and coworkers who, when I looked at them, I could see huge potential for them, whether they were creative and they would say things like, I really want to be an entrepreneur, but I can never do that. I really want to be an artist, but I can never do that. And I would look at these people and I'd say like, I can see it for them. And if they stop telling themselves, no, like, I wonder what their potential could be. And I had an aha moment of like, wait, what if I stopped telling myself, no, like what would my 
potential be. And so a big part of what got me on the trajectory to start Yes Supply was like, what if I just did an experiment of saying yes to myself? And what if I found out, you know, how people find their passion and purpose and turn it into a business so they can do what they love around the clock. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it started off with just posting like my point of view and perspective, even though it scared me. Then I discovered, you know, digital products that turned into discovering coaching that turned into what mindset work really is. And then, you know, after coaching that and people asking me about my techniques, then launch my certification, but it was definitely an uphill battle to feel like what I have to say matters. Mm-hmm. And that's so important, right? That's the thing that so many of us struggle with is, is what I say, does, does that even matter to anyone? Does, Mm -hmm. does my presence matter? Do do my words, my thoughts, my opinions matter? Do, do my beliefs on something matter? Because so many of us have stories, um, that we've lived through in addition to stories that we start to then make up or add to, um, Mm -hmm. that leaves us feeling less than, and I love that you said if we're uh, with your mom, the example of she wasn't expressing herself. And so it manifested Mm -hmm. in physical form. Mm -hmm. That's such an important thing for people to hear. Um, my mom actually had something similar happen. Oh, I'm she so sorry, express, but she's, she's here. She's good. <laughs> I know it's so important to say, you're like, Oh my gosh, is everyone? Okay. <laughs> she's good. Um, yeah. but you know, uh, I strongly believe that her ailment manifested through just repressing her voice and her feelings. And, um, I've gone through something similar in my life and it's the expression I feel that can be so healing for us. Um, but when we do it, it's like what you were saying, you started sharing things, even though I was scared to do it. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that is the biggest first step. And the one that most people trip over because they get so caught up in their fear and they mm-hmm. enter like a freeze state. And totally. so could you share a little bit about what it really takes to show up, even though you are scared? Mm-hmm. So how it really started for me, because like I said, I was showing up even when I was scared, it was because I tied my goal to my purpose. And so I realized like, Hey, I could try doing this and never be successful. I could try doing this and fall on my face or people laugh at me. But if I try doing this and I change someone's life or I help someone who's gone through something like me, or if I share my story and one less person goes through an abusive relationship or one less person tells themselves, no, that's worth it for me. Mm -hmm. And so when I first started showing up and sharing, it was from a sense of purpose of like, if I'm hiding because I'm worried what people think about me, then I'm being selfish. I'm being self-absorbed. I'm thinking about me, me, me. What about me? When really I feel like I was put on this earth and all of us were put on this earth. If we have this purpose to share for something that's greater than just me, it's about the whole, it's about the collective. And, um, you know, we were talking a little bit before the show started about how we're both women of color. Mm-hmm. And thinking like one of the things that gives me chills is I think about, you know, when women couldn't even vote, when they couldn't even have a job of color, couldn't vote or have a job or, you know, whatever had to sit at the back of the bus. And it's like, those people died for us to be able to work or live our lives or have a social media following. And no one's telling you, Oh, you can't be on Instagram because you're a woman or this or that. And it's like, I can continue that the work that they've done just by not letting my little fears of like, what if this random person from high school has something to say, right? And I can make it easier for the generations of people who are going to come after me or for my children or for my, you know, people in my community. And so one big thing, like when I was scared was I was like, I'm thinking too much about me. I just need to do it. I need to see what happens. And and have complete faith that what I want wants me. And I, and I feel called to share this message for a reason. And so I would just do it scared. I would like literally, you know, write it out, press the button, cross my fingers, like, you know, whatever. And then, Oh, nobody threw tomatoes at me. Mm-hmm. It was fine. Oh my God. Actually a few people actually said that this helped them. And I just kept doing it over and over and over again until 
I didn't have fear as much anymore. I still to this day sometimes have fear before sending an email or writing a vulnerable post. But again, I go back to, okay, who am I doing this for to protect me or because I think that it will help someone else. Yeah. That's so crucial. I think that, and, and I still fall into that space at times where I catch myself, oh my God, I'm doing this for me. Yeah. And it's such a game changer when we shift out of the me state to bringing it back to our purpose and the vision and the why, because, um, you know, it's different when we talk about, say we have an in-person event and there's like one person face-to-face and you have that one person in front of you or five people in front of you, it's easier to feel the impact because you have those people in front of you, but on social media, things get twisted, right? Like, oh my God, I only got five likes. That was five people that, that actually took the time to like what you had to say. Real humans, real human beings. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, we get things so twisted and social media really brings out a lot of our inner shadows and and challenges our self-worth because of the ease of comparison, because, you know, we can see what other people are doing and notice how much engagement they get and compare ourselves to them. And that can also hold ourselves. We can also hold ourselves back to, to those things. But when we do bring it back to purpose, always that acts as, um, for me, it feels better, like a more aligned form of fuel than when it's like, oh, I need to validate me. Totally. Yeah. I was telling one of my clients the other day, like, don't become a coach. If you want people to like you become a coach because you like people, because sometimes you might share your message and people will judge you. Sometimes the people who judge you the most are your own family members. I had a family member who asked me, oh, you're just kind of doing this for fun. And then you're going to go back to a real job. Right. And it's like, (laughs) they're they're not doing it because they hate you or something like that. A lot of the time, um, they're doing it just because they don't understand. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you have to kind of separate it from being about me and, and make it more about like, okay, I like people and this, you know, whatever I'm putting in this program or this technique or whatever, it worked for me. And so if I can share it with one person, it helps them. It's worth it. Or, or your story too. Like for those of you who are listening, who had, um, maybe you had a health issue and you've overcome that or relationship or money or whatever it is, like you sharing your story can show somebody else that it's possible for them as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Showing showing what is possible, you know, cause yeah. a lot of times people can't see it for themselves, but when they see it modeled in someone else, they understand that it's actually possible for them. Totally. Um, what you had said about being a woman of color and all the women that stood before us, that's super powerful. I got chills when I was doing that. So much of the inner work that I've been doing has been to break like the ancestral patterns just from my lineage of, of Indian women and how we've been repressed and not allowed to have our own opinions or our voices. And, you know, being an Indian woman and showing up in the ways that I show up uh, fully expressed both has been a challenge, but also like a celebration for me because I know it's breaking patterns. Um, That's so beautiful. I, yeah. And I think it's so many of us experience that on some level of like me showing up today is not just for me. It's not just for my purpose It's for the people who have walked this path before me to make it possible. And I think it, I, I love that you brought that up because I think it's important for us to show reverence to that. Um, and let's be honest, I, I believe that there are still challenges as women of color, as people of color, Mm -hmm. um, to show up. And I'm curious to hear if you felt challenged in that way and how. A hundred percent. So, you know, I know you experience the same thing as me, cause I'm sure we're around the same age where when I grew up and I watched TV, the main character was always like the, the white blonde girl, nothing against right. white blonde girls. I have white blonde friends and I love them to death, but that's who the main character was in every TV show, in every movie, every superhero, whatever it was. And so we don't realize, but those go into our mind as subconscious programs 
And they make us believe that, oh, if I want to be the star of the show, if I want to be popular, if I want to be successful, I have to look like that. And the person of color or the person who's not the size zero or the person who, you know, whatever, they're the sidekick, right? Mm -hmm. They're the funny one, but they're not the one who's ever taken seriously. And so though that goes into our head. And then when we go out to start a business or go after a job or go after a partner, we have that belief. I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I had thoughts like I'm not pretty enough for, to attract someone or, um, whatever. No, one's going to take me seriously because I'm a woman of color. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I got in my own way for a long time because when I would see successful people online, I didn't really know about coaching, but I knew about like fashion bloggers and everything like that. I felt like everyone kind of looked the same and I didn't fit into that mold. Mm-hmm. And so what, I, one of the things that I did that actually really helped me was I sought out someone who was an exception to the rule. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I looked at Oprah. I remember Oprah being the only woman of color that I knew of in the mindset industry. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, Oprah, it's me and you right? Like I just had to have that sense of determination. Like, okay, Oprah, it's me and you, I'm going to try. And if I fail, at least I can say that I tried, at least when I, you know, get to the end of my life and I look back, I, I did my best. I tried my best and it was impossible. And I found out it was possible. And then through searching, I found more people to kind of be that exception to the rule for me. So one great example was, um, Lisa Nichols. I remember Mm -hmm. like, you know, scrolling the internet one day and coming across her story. I think it was on like Mind Valley or something like that. And not only was she a woman of color, but I remember her sharing that she had created a multi-million dollar personal development company. Mm-hmm. And also too, she had a child and was so broke that she couldn't even afford diapers for mm-hmm. her child. And I felt for her in that moment. And it also empowered me because I was like, okay, well, she's a woman of color who's successful. And, you know, I don't have a lot of money, but I have more than what she did. And she was able to make it. And it was kind of like an example for me of what was possible. So that's one big thing that I did. I looked at people exceptions to this rule or this limiting belief in my head and realized that it was nothing more, not nothing more than a belief because it is still tough for women of color, but they showed me that I could potentially be an exception too, if I just went for it. Um, and then I also too, one of the things that I actually just talked about in a YouTube video was how if I'm trying to get my energy behind something for my belief system, I'll write out 20 or 30 ways why it will work. So if I'm launching a new program, 20 or 30 ways, why people need to, why people will want to buy this and why people will love it. Um, and so I thought of, well, maybe, maybe I'm not the only person who's tired of seeing the exact same example of success. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a bunch of other people of color out there who feel the same way as me, who don't want to be ignored or not seen anymore. Maybe these people will actually be my, like, I don't, I can't think of the right word for it, but like my cheerleaders, like Mm -hmm. my, my gang, like they'll be like, yes, like, I I believe in her. She's showing me what's possible. And that, that is what happened to me. I, people reach out to me all the time and I'm sure you do too. That say, thank you for showing up because you've showed me a person of color that I can do things. So I kind of created in my mind, the world that I wish that I lived in where people would support and love and like, and follow and, you know, all the good stuff. And then that became my reality. Mm, Yeah, that's, it's, it's incredible what we can design in our minds and when mm-hmm. we do that it becomes almost easier to make that our actual reality. And totally. for the people of color listening today, like there are still challenges that we are faced with. And, you know, a lot of those challenges are the belief systems placed in other people's minds, just like they were placed in our minds, right? What is, how, how do people perceive leaders or coaches or, you know, spiritual coaches or business coaches, how, what is the perception that they have Mm -hmm. that initial visual perception going to initially be a woman of color, or is it going to be a white male or a white female? Mm -hmm. And so these are the belief systems. So it's not just our own belief systems, but it's like society's belief systems as a whole that Mm -hmm. we are shattering by showing up. Mm -hmm. And by continuing to show up and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's what you were saying about finding people who are the exception to the rule. 
Mm -hmm. It's like when we focus on something, we see that in all things. So when we're focusing on like our, our limiting belief that, you know, no one will care about what I have to say, we seek out evidence to support that belief. Um, and in this example, when you were like, well, I just need to find women of color who are successful in this field, doing this work, you put that intentional focus to find these people. And it's not like they didn't exist at all. They Mm -hmm. were there. And I'm sure that the more, the longer you look, the more you, they started to pop up. And so we have control over what we see. And that starts with making that intention to, to see those things, you know, because I did that for a long time. I was looking at all the, I was looking at a lot of people who were misaligned with what I was doing because that's what I was focused on. Yeah. And then when I started to focus on, well, who are the leaders that I really feel embody what I stand for? Let me see if they do exist. They pop out. They're there. They exist. Our brains are so interesting. (laughs) Yeah. That reticular activating system. And I remember even saying to myself, you know what? I might have to work harder. I might have to put 150% in where someone else might only have to put 100% in. And I remember just saying to myself, that would still be worth it, Mm. right? Rather than just settling and lying down and saying, oh, what's the point? Like, Mm -hmm. even if I have to work double or do more research or show up better, stronger, or more, whatever it is, like it would be worth it for me. And that being said, there's still going to be people that don't believe in you. Mm -hmm. Like I've been called the end on my live stream. Like I've had like racial slurs in my comments, but at the end of the day, like, do I feel sorry for me or do I feel sorry for that person who's at home by themselves, who feels brave because they, you know, called me the N word in my comments, right? Mm -hmm. Like they kind of have more things that they need to work on than me, I would say. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, even if people say something rude in your comments or, or whatever it is, like they haven't stopped me. They haven't stopped me from doing what I'm doing and, you know, changing the lives that I've changed and helping the people that I've changed. And so we just have to not let those ignorant people slow us down from what it is that we want to create. Right. Yeah. It's like, um, if most of the time, the people who say the most shit in the comments are also the people who wouldn't dare say shit in real life in person, you know, and it's so much easier to hide behind a screen and, troll people and bully people, but you're right. It doesn't take away from what you've achieved and the people that you helped and the impact that you've created. And yeah, I mean, I still get my share of commentary. My YouTube channel is filled with it and, Mm -hmm. uh, the comments can be pretty horrible, um, to watch, to look at. And, at the same time, I've learned to not pay attention to that because cool. when I do, that's when it starts to grab my emotional energy. But when I don't give that, that attention, but instead continue focusing on the positive. I mean, there's one video on my YouTube channel that has a, a, so many views, like 10,000, 11,000 views and accumulated really fast. But it was like a lot of, it started with a, a few men that were trolling me. And then it turned into a whole pack. And I think it was last month I got a notification for that video and I hadn't gotten a notification for that video for months. And I was like, oh God, here we go again. And it was from a woman Mm. and she had said something along the lines of, I really appreciate this message and I don't appreciate these men's comments. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Keep speaking up. Like something yeah. like that. And I saw that and I was like, oh, this is why I do what I do. Totally. And it's, it is tough though. Like it's tough for us just as, as people who have visibility, it can, or people who are growing visibility or seeking visibility that can, the bullying and the online trolling that can actually feel like a real threat to our safety mm-hmm. um, because it, it, impacts our self-worth, you know, and our self-esteem when we let it. Um, so I'd love to hear more about, um, your thoughts on how we can continue to show up despite 
the, the hatred, the judgment, the, all the shit that's going to be thrown your way, because let's face it. And I'm sure you've seen this too. The more visible we are, doesn't mean we're going to stop getting comments. We actually can receive more because we're more visible. Totally. Yeah. I can't remember where I heard this, but there was, um, some speaker, I want to say it was like Alan Watts or Neville Goddard, you know, some like an, an older speaker. And he said something along the lines of, if you squeeze an orange, what's going to come out? Like if you squeeze an orange, you wouldn't expect lemon juice or lime juice to come out. Orange juice is going to come out. And so what that tells me when someone leaves a hate comment in your comments or DMs is that's already inside of them. Mm -hmm. right? It doesn't, it's not about you. They already have that hatred or that criticism inside of them and them seeing you was just a little bit of, of squeezing it, but it's not about you. It's about them. It's those people who are at home. Like you said, the keyboard warriors, and they just feel like they're brave because they can talk in the comments. And so what we have to do when we see somebody who's like disrespecting us or being mean to us online is take a step back and recognize that even though they said that thing to us, that doesn't mean that they're right. Their opinion, we should never put their opinion on a pedestal over our opinion of ourselves Mm -hmm. and, you know, take a step back and just look at it objectively. And this is something that I always do. If something gets to me, I ask myself like, okay, that person, you know, they, do they have anything to say? Like, sometimes I will ask myself, like, are they right? Right. Like, Mm -hmm. um, did I say something stupid or insensitive that I should, you know, make sure that I'm cautious of in the future. So I'm being sensitive to all people. If the answer is no, and they're just being a jerk or an asshole, then I ask myself, okay, is this bringing up some shadow for me? Is this bringing up some trigger for me? how am I still giving my power away to other people, making, allowing them to make me feel like I'm less than just because of something that they said. And I started to learn this lesson a long time ago. Again, when I was living with my mom, with her abusive ex-boyfriend, because when I grew up, my mom was my hero, even though my dad wasn't there, like Mm -hmm. I never really missed him because she did such a great job. Like she was always like positive. We'd go like roller skating and rollerblading, Mm -hmm. like just doing all this fun stuff. And then when she was in this relationship, this person was telling her that she's worth nothing and she's not lovable and da, da, da. And I realized, holy crap, like, what people say about you isn't true. That's when I learned, like, just because someone says something to you, that doesn't mean that it's true. And so now when um, those type of comments pop up, if I can see that they don't really have validity and it's more about them than me, then I'm asking myself like, okay, what aspect of this is this triggering? Is it making me feel like I'm not good enough? Where, where do I still have work to do to remind myself that I am good enough to share my message, that I am worthy? Um, so maybe you need to journal on it. Maybe you need to do like have a coaching session or hypnosis. Maybe you need to do some meditation to kind of clear out everything that's happening in the external world and call your power back to you and get really grounded in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. Those are all the things that I do because I recognize that people have their own stories and their own things going on. And I can't let the stories that are in their head stop me from doing what I know is my purpose. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so beautiful that that woman shared what she shared with Mm -hmm. you because, you know, for one person to write a comment, there's probably a thousand people who saw the same thing and didn't write a comment. And I can only imagine how many people you're inspiring when they see all of that. And they say, wow, like she didn't stop because of that. She posted a hundred other videos after that or a hundred other podcasts after that. So um, I think it's also too important to remember who are we doing it for? Like mm-hmm. your target avatar isn't those mean people in the comments. Right. Your, your target you know, avatar, the person that you want to help is the woman who needs to see you showing up. Right. Yeah, that's, it's such a good reminder right? To focus on who we're doing this for and what you had said about, um, well, your experience with what you witnessed with your mom and her abusive partner, 
that's interesting because you know, your mom. And so yeah. when he would say to her, you're worthless. You saw immediately as from the outside perspective, wait, my mom isn't worthless. What he's saying, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. Oh, that must be something in him. Yet when we're on the receiving end, we're not necessarily playing the role of the observer unless we choose to. So really? all we do is we receive those words and then often people will react versus taking yes. that moment to like shift into the observer. Like you were saying, like just zoom out and, and see what's really going on. Um, that's something that I do with my clients as well is, is like, just take a moment to breathe mm-hmm. you know, instead of reacting, take a moment to breathe and really step outside of yourself to see and observe what's taking place. That's it. Get curious. Ask totally. yourself why, why is this what are some of the reasons that this person could be saying what they're saying? Totally. And the beautiful thing about like, I know your audience is full of incredible thought leaders and leaders in general, and I'm sure a lot of coaches and I work with a lot of coaches and I always tell them, be your own best client, be your client first. And so, you know, we can take a step back. And if that happened to a client, we would give them the advice. Oh, don't worry about that person in the comments. What happens to us is like, Oh my God, the world is over. And the amazing thing is when we're our own best coaching client first, or we, before even leading others, we lead ourselves first. Mm -hmm. We remember that all of these different things that are happening in our life, they're lessons. Mm -hmm. And if we, rather than letting them bring us down, if we learn from those lessons, that's what makes us a great leader because we can share this happened to me. Mm -hmm. It sucked. And this is what I learned. And when we share those learnings, we help someone else who might be going through it and they don't have to feel like they're alone going through it anymore. And they might get to that positive outcome even faster because you showed them how to be strong despite, you know, the online hate or the Mm -hmm. bullying or whatever's coming up for them. Yeah. It's like, we can, I always say there's like two types of personas online. There's like the one that's always telling you what to do and how to do it and who to be. And then the other persona is like the people who are just modeling it. Totally. And there's so much more power in witnessing someone model it than being on the receiving end as someone telling you what to do. Like that Mm -hmm. doesn't penetrate. What penetrates is like actually being able to, again, like see the example, see the living, breathing example of like what is possible and that yeah, that requires us walking the walk, talking the talk, like doing what we say we're going to do and being who we say we're going to be and just being that and embodying it in its fullest expression, because that is so much more potent than just like telling people, here's what you need to do, or here's my formula to achieve this, that, and this model it, be it. Yeah. For sure. And then when you are selling or promoting your programs, it's easy because you're like, this is what I did. Mm-hmm. It's not like some formula that I pulled out of the sky and made up and hopefully it worked. It's like, this is what I do. And it works for me over and over and over again. And so I feel confident that it's going to help you as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, what talk to me about your take on authenticity and visibility. So I think that authenticity, authenticity is such a word that's like thrown around. And so it's funny because I don't really, I don't know if I've ever actually used that word Mm -hmm. authenticity in a post ever, but I would say that being authentic and being visible is really just being yourself and not hiding. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it's funny because, you know, we always hear that saying like fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. And becoming who you want to be, becoming a leader, becoming a coach, becoming visible online is never or should never be about Mm -hmm. faking it until you make it. It's actually peeling back all the layers of the programming that said that you have to be humble. You have to hide, like Mm -hmm. play small. So everyone else feels comfortable, uh, comfortable around you. When you pull back all of those like lies that you've been told or boxes that you've been fit, fitting into so you can receive love, you actually become really you. And mm-hmm. while you're doing that, like we just said, be your own best client, you mm-hmm. learn so much along the way. So for me, when I learned so much along the way of loving myself more, I realized I want to help more people love themselves more. So for me, it's not really about like, 
the the sayings of like quote be visible or be authentic it's like this worked for me and I just want people to know about it and Mm -hmm. one of the best ways for people to see me is Instagram so that's Mm -hmm. why I'm on Instagram if it was some other random tool then I'd be on there because it's not about like let me build a huge following and quote be visible it's about like this helped me and hopefully somebody who needs it sees me so I, it's a tough world right now because I think there's a lot of gurus who are like, oh yeah, be on YouTube. And you, like you Mm -hmm. said, use this formula and da, 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 da. And I use my intuition Mm -hmm. more than anything. And again, I tie it back to purpose of like, okay, this helped me when I was really stuck. So hopefully it can help other people. And I think that from that energy too, it is authentic because it's Mm -hmm. not like, like, um, I think I'm better than anyone or like everyone has to listen to me. It's just like, if you resonate with me or if you've been through something that I've been through, like, come join me, come hang out with me. Like I'll help you as much as I can. Mm-hmm. And I don't see myself on like a pedestal or a higher level than anyone else. It's more like, like, let's be friends. Like shit's hard sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like this is what worked for me and hopefully it can help you help you as well. Yeah. It's like not doing what you're doing because you're chasing visibility or chasing exactly. a, a number or the blue check mark or whatever it is that we can get caught up in chasing. Yeah. Um, and then also really doing it from a place of, of service, like whether it's serving your purpose or serving your audience, um, versus again, like serving yourself or your ego. And when we come at it from that angle, we actually, it's, it's, it would be really hard to show up in inauthentic ways because we're just being us. You're just totally. Being and yeah, I think things again, like get twisted in the online space, especially with all the, uh, the surplus of online coaches and, and quote unquote experts and gurus that are telling you, well, if you want to get this, if you want to sell your programs or enroll enough people, you have to do this, this, and this, mm-hmm. which takes you out of your essence and your truth and who it is that you're actually doing. And all of a sudden you're chasing something that takes you way further away from the purpose Totally. when you just share for the sake of sharing. Yeah. I mean, that is what can bring more people to your orbit, the right people, the aligned people. Um, and you know, from my experience, uh, it feels a heck of a lot better to share just for the sake of sharing without sharing with an attachment to an outcome. Like, I think we can all resonate with this. Like when you're writing a post and you're writing the caption and then you're like, okay, but if I write it this way, will this get me the most likes? Or if I write it this way, will this get me people who want to enroll in the program? And it's like, when you find yourself in that moment, step away from what you're writing (laughs) and collect yourself and come back to it when you're sharing from a place of sharing. That was a lesson that I learned time and time again. And I love that you said you're, you've, you're, you have an intuitive approach because I do as well. And it always comes back to what feels really good. What feels energizing, what feels aligned with me and not with that guru who's telling me to do it this way, what actually fits me. Um, yeah. And that includes visibility and where to show up and how much to show up and which platforms to show up on. You don't have to be on all the platforms all at once. Yeah. <laughs> like, even though some people tell you that you need to be, you don't, you really yeah. don't, you pick the places that you love and where your audience really loves to f- connect with you. And that's it. You don't have to be visibility isn't about being visible everywhere. It's just about growing your presence in a way that is truly aligned with you and your purpose. Totally. And like, bring it back to why did you start this in the first place? Like, I'm willing to bet when you start your business, like, I want freedom. I want to say what's on my mind. I want to help others. And then you're right. We get so caught up in, oh, well, this program that I bought or this online marketing guru said I should. And then you're, you're writing something that's not even from your heart or Mm -hmm. like, there's like, you know, copy and paste templates or, or whatever. And it's like, you didn't start, I'm willing to bet you didn't start this to like drag and drop copy and paste templates. If you want to do that, you could have stayed at a nine to five job and like, you know, did spreadsheets all day and be lookups and everything like that. And also too, I, I love that you keep going back to like the numbers because 
it actually like your likes and the amount of comments have nothing to do with how much money you're going to make. Like I've bought programs from people and I've spent thousands and thousands of dollars and I look at their stuff and I just forget to like, or I don't comment. Right. Mm -hmm. Or how how many YouTube videos have you watched that you forgot to subscribe or you didn't hit the like button? Not because you're a mean person. You just like, didn't think about like, Oh my God, that was great. I need to watch them again tomorrow, but you just completely forget. And I have people join my program all the time. I've never seen them comment. I don't know if they follow. I don't know if they like, but they join the program. And so we need to not get caught up in those numbers and just detach from the outcome and just create what we want to create and make sure we are selling. One big problem that I do see is people are posting and posting, posting like motivational quotes and this and that. And then they forget to actually say, Oh, by the way, I have this offer. Mm. I'm like, Oh, why am I working around the clock and not making any money? Well, you know, in this noisy internet land, when there's so many people who are influencers who don't actually have a product, if you're just sharing and sharing and sharing, and you don't share that you have a product, people will just assume that you're another influencer, Mm -hmm. right? And so it's important that if you do want to make money off your business through your products that yes, you share from your heart. And then you also say, if you want to work with me closer and, you know, if you want a more intimate experience with me, whatever it is, this is how you can go about that. Mm -hmm. And people will be happy. You did. They'll be happy that they get the chance to work closer with you if they love your content. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like the whole, um, belief that selling is sleazy. Mm. It comes down to how you're, you're positioning it, who you're being, but, um, you know, we're running businesses, so we can't just be on social media every day, creating inspirational quotes. That doesn't work. Um, ask and you shall receive, you know, and if, if you don't, and you're not going to receive the first time. So you have to continue asking and putting it out there and making the invitation known so that people understand. I love that you said that, that you're not just another influencer. Yeah. Actually have a product, a course, an offering, uh, something that they can be part of. That's Mm -hmm. so important. Yeah. And it's so interesting. We've all heard that saying like selling is sleazy. I think selling is sleazy. If you have a sleazy product, like I always think of the, or how I actually thought selling was sleazy was because as a kid, I watched Matilda. Again, we get so much programming (laughs) zero to seven. And the dad or the stepdad yeah. or whatever was selling cars that would break as soon as they um, drove right. off the That's box. like one of my favorite movies, by yeah, the way. It's such a good, I, used to, I used to stare at things and be like, I swear if I keep Me staring too. at it, it's going to like float it's off. Move. Never happened yet, but it's still counting on it. But um, yeah, so it's, again, we get so much programming. We don't realize how it's constricting us in our lives. So that was my first, um, you know, memory that I have of selling. And Mm -hmm. so for a long time, I thought selling was sleazy too, but most people don't realize we actually sell every single day. So if you've ever read a book that you love, like, have you ever read a book that you love? And you're like, Oh my, you go to your friends. Oh my God, you need to read this book. It's so good. It changed my life. Your friends go and buy the book or you watch a movie. Oh my God, you need to watch the movie. The main actor is super hot. They run out, they go watch the movie mm-hmm. you just sold, but you sold for the author and you sold for the, the box office. And it's like, if you believe in your work, you believe in your program, your service, the techniques that you use, the transformation that you create, fall in love with what you sell or what you offer. And you're going to be raving from the rooftops about what you do. And that's like my secret mm-hmm. to success. I don't have crazy formulas or da, 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 da. I just believe in the work that I do so much. I'm like, everybody needs this. And so I can't help but talk about it because it's changed my life so much. So I know that it's going to change other people's lives too. Mm, yeah. That, and there's like so many examples of sleazy selling in the industry, right? Um, I've been on the receiving end of a lot of it. And what always held me back was because I was on the receiving end of, of it, that I never wanted to show up like that coach or like that person Mm -hmm. who had a call with, and it didn't feel good. Um, Mm -hmm. and everyone kind of has their own money stories. And if you are someone who's looking for a coach, you're bringing your money story into that enrollment call or into that landing page where you're about to hit buy now, your money story comes into effect. And so a lot of times the energy that comes up in that space is maybe the other person's money story or your money story or these beliefs that you've been carrying, but, um, bringing it back to 
do you believe in your product? Do you believe in your service? Uh, and if you still struggle with selling, maybe that's a sign that you don't believe in, in yourself enough to sell, you know, and what is a sale anyways? It's an invitation for someone to dive deeper. Like if they, someone loves your content and appreciates it and it's been changing their life. Imagine what would become possible if they actually enrolled in one of your services or your programs. Yeah. If they were in that container and they got to vibe in your energy and get your help and get your support and everything like that. And it's so important to anyone who, you know, has a similar money story to me where you didn't have a lot of money, Mm -hmm. then you assume, oh, nobody has money. But actually there's a lot of people who have a lot of money who are happy to buy whatever it is that you're selling and happy to invest because they didn't come to this planet to learn about money. They Mm -hmm. came to this planet to learn about relationships or health or whatever it is. And so happy to exchange their money to, you know, receive whatever it is that you're serving them with. I learned that when I used to work in a retail job and, um, they sold leather jackets that were like $1,200. And I remember thinking like, you know, when I was starting Yes Supply, I remember thinking back, like, I remember people who they would just come in every week and like buy another silk blouse that they didn't need and buy another leather jacket that they need because they were trying to fill a void. And I'm like, if they could buy that $1,200 jacket to fill the void, when we both know it's not going to fill the Mm -hmm. void, what if I sold something that was $1,200 that actually helped them and actually made them realize that you don't need the other leather jacket to be beautiful enough or cool enough or whatever you're cool enough because you have that confidence. Mm -hmm. So true. So true. Um, Reese, I feel like we can keep talking, but we are, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) But we are nearing the end of this episode and I'm wondering if for our listeners, you know, the leaders that are listening that are craving more visibility, um, that are really, really driven to bring their purpose to the forefront so they can serve more people. What is like one thought that you want to leave them with? I would really just say like, don't worry so much about you. You are going to be taken care of when you support others, when you support the universe, when you support the greater growth of everyone who needs to hear your message. Instead, start to think about how much would your life have been different if you had met, you know, the coach that you want to be and they had changed your life five years ago, 10 years ago, or think about the person who's struggling right now with insecurity, with lack of self-worth, with, you know, finding it hard to get out of bed or anxiety or whatever it is. And think about them when they hear their message and, and find hope. And the more you just think about connecting with them, the less you'll worry about the haters online or the judgment of that person from high school. And think about, you know, what Ruby and I have gone through. We have had people who have hated on our stuff and we still keep going. Right. And you can too. Mm, Love that. Beautiful. And to a great conversation. Thank you so much, Reese, for sharing your presence and your wisdom. Um, I feel like this episode is going to serve as some powerful inspiration for all of our listeners. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. And to our listeners, thank you for joining Reese and I on today's Thought Leader, where we're challenging you to activate the leader within. Um, If you dig this episode, please do share it with a friend and drop a rating and review on iTunes. And you can also reach out to reach to Reese or myself on Instagram. Our handles are at I am Ruby and at Yes Supply. We're also both on YouTube. So hit us up on all the places. And I will see you back here next Monday for a fresh new episode of today's Thought Leader.